0: The Holy Spirit of God is a gift for the transformation of the whole world. For God so loved the world. How much did he love the world? That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him, whoever, doesn't matter where you are, where you come from, what your last name is, what your background is, whoever believes in him, you don't have to die and go to hell, but you can have everlasting and eternal life. Well, as already been said, our official launch is one week from today. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Here we are. The Lord has had us postpone that several different times. It's been about 10 months in the making and here we are one week from today. It'll be the biggest crowd we've ever had. We have guests coming from other parts of the state of Georgia. Family members will be here. Um, Some of our Truett McConnell students, their parents will be here. You pray for them as a lot of them are on fall break today. I'm so thankful. I confess my I confess my unbelief this morning. I was nervous. I said, Matt, all the Truett students are gone. Are we going to be able to get all this stuff done in the morning, just me, you, and the Brinsons? Are we going to be able to do all of this? He said, we got it. Well, Alex was here, and Jalen was here, and Jameson was here. And I think we got it done in, am I right about this, almost record time. I'm like, what's all these other people do when we're all here? So, praise God. God just blessed us this morning. But I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of people who come in here Early, 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 while some folks are still sleeping to get us ready for worship. And we prayed this morning. We're excited about launch, but we need a touch from God today. Amen. I want to hear from the Holy Spirit of God today. I want to see what he's going to do today. But next Sunday will be different. Pastor Matt has ordered a lot of signs that will go up all over the place. I'm telling you, the look of this community center is going to be transformed next week. It'll look like a different place. When you pull into the parking lot, there'll be waving flags out there and signs. There'll be guests here. A mission team from Second Baptist Church in Middle Georgia is coming to help us that day. We're going to have some inflatable games for children. We're going to have a gift for every family. I'm picking up 300 Chick-fil-A cookies individually wrapped next Saturday. So we're doing some special things, but lots of advertising is out there, lots of Facebook ads inviting people. But you know, the best advertising is a satisfied customer. Somebody who's been here, somebody who's been a part of what God has done, you and I inviting people. The key for next week, obviously, is prayer and the Holy Spirit. But three words, invite, invite, invite. Invite. Those are the things. we got to be inviting people to come. It's something new. It's something different. So when you show up next week, I think Pastor Matt is working to have a full praise band and praise team next week. We have some special folks coming in to help us with that. That will be exciting. He's got awesome worship already planned. And here's the reality. Could we have planted this church in a barn and had church? Sure we could. Could we have just met under a shade tree somewhere and had church? Sure we could. And those of you who are here, you're so committed to come and do something different. I think you'd have been there if it was in a barn or under a tree. Why do we spend all this money for stage and lights and cookies and things for children? Because a lost world doesn't care. A lost world doesn't care. Listen, I'm thrilled, I'm so excited to see what God's stirring in the hearts of college students around the world. What began at Asbury College and the move of the Holy Spirit of God. People are coming, there's not necessarily anything special except the Holy Spirit of God. That's all you need. So we could have had a church anywhere that we wanted to and the Lord would show up. But it's really not about me and it's not about you What can we do to get a lost world to come in? I was talking to a lady who works for the county yesterday about some of the scheduling issues that we have here coming up with ball tournaments and that kind of thing. And there's some weeks. I said, ma'am, you've got three small children. Do you want to go to a church that doesn't have a first-class children's church? And she said, no. And I said, well, I I don't either. So we want to be able to offer all of those things. So we have worked. We have prayed from that first prayer meeting at Tom and Anita Wilson's house when we met and we sought the Lord and said, God, what do you want us to do? By God's grace, can I tell you something? Everything that we believe we've needed for launch Is bought and paid for. That deserves a amen right there. Everything we believe we need—stage lights, all that stuff, the signage—it is bought and paid for by the faithfulness of God's people, the generosity of churches around the state. Pastor Trey Brinson at Eagles Landing First Baptist Church, south of Atlanta, they gave us that matching grant of nine thousand dollars. And by the grace of God, once all the checks come in, I'm told there's at least another three thousand check in the mail. Once all that comes in, we should be able to match that grant. So. Not only did that let us launch well, but it lets us do a few extra things in preparation for launch and put some money in the bank. All that hard work, but listen, if the Holy Spirit of God doesn't show up, it's all a waste. If the Holy Spirit of God does not show up, we're just wasting our time. We're just having a good time. We want to see God do something Supernatural. The church's transformation church, because as Pastor Roger reminded you last week, I think you quoted 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is the ultimate transformation. How sad that sometimes people, they meet and they have church, but there's no Holy Spirit there. In the early 1700s, a group of American colonists, original settlers, left the commonwealth of Virginia. And well, it wasn't a commonwealth then. They left the area of Virginia, and they started west. And they made it as far as the mountains of what we now know as West Virginia, and they settled there. There were nothing but you know, Native Americans there. For 20 years, they lived there, and they established life in what we know as West Virginia with no contact with the outside world other than the Native American men and women that were there. After about 20 years, some some Americans showed up, some 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 other colonists, I should say, showed up. So they had a million questions. Imagine, what if you've been cut off from the world for 20 years? And all of a sudden, you're able to meet somebody. Hey, what's going on? How are things going? How's our relationship with the king? And they're like, the king? We've had a revolutionary war. We have George Washington as the first president of these United States. They had no idea for all those years they were living, thinking they're under the authority of the king. They were shocked. And that's kind of the scenario we're going to look at today in Acts chapter 19. We meet a group of people who've been baptized in the name of John, but they didn't know the Holy Spirit had come. They didn't realize the transformation that could happen when you're just baptized in the name of John. That's not it. You've got to know Jesus died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again. So I want us to answer the question this morning. Where is the power? Where is the power? You know, during the, the Christmas cold that we had, a lot of people's electricity went off, and there was no power operating then. Uh, here we go. Forgot about this. Um, people didn't have, This is for our recording, so people can hear us later recording. Thank you. So that so there was no power. What happened? We got a nice, new, shiny refrigerator last year. We ordered it, and I don't know what month we ordered it. It took like five or six months to get that refrigerator. You know, when Julie's parents passed away, and we cleaned up their house and sold their home, her mom had a relative, relatively new refrigerator we had an old one, the ice maker didn't work, and we're like, we'll take her mom's and use it because they're in heaven. They don't need a refrigerator in heaven. And her brother said, that's too much trouble. You don't want to haul that refrigerator. We'll just give you the money to buy a new refrigerator. What if we Home Depot delivered that thing, and they put it in our living room, and we brought all the family over. Look at our shiny new refrigerator. Isn't it pretty? It's a little bit deeper than the one we had. It has an ice maker that works, and we just oohed and aahed over it. But if we never plugged it up. If we never plugged it into the power source, it would do us no good. It's a shame that so many churches in America meet week after week after week, and there's no Holy Spirit power there. The people here in Acts chapter number 19, as we've been journeying through the book of Acts, and I'm telling you... um, Today is the last sermon. We didn't make it to the end of Acts, but I think God's given us a taste of the early church and what it looked like. We'll begin a brand new series next week as we're trusting God to bring in new people. We want you to know you can have a new identity in Jesus Christ. That's the series we'll start next week, people whose lives were transformed by the gospel of Jesus. So we've been journeying through the book of Acts. The theme of the whole book, if you will remember with me, is Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, You will receive Power, the power we're talking about today, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when that happens, you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. and That's, a, that's an amazing sounding verse, but you got to put yourself in the first century. How's that going to happen? We don't have any trains, planes, or automobiles. We don't have any World Wide Web. They were located there in that central area. How in the world is the gospel going to get all over the world? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria... And God used wicked rulers and wicked kings and persecution to drive them out and to scatter them. And what Satan meant for evil, God was just multiplying the gospel. And indeed, we saw in the book of Acts, it did go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And for those of us who live in the United States, thank God, the uttermost parts of the earth, that would include us during that time. But in Acts chapter 19, if you've got your copy of God's word, turn to there and we'll answer the question, where's the power? How many of you are old enough to remember Clara Peller. You remember the name Clara Peller? She was a little short lady on the Wendy's commercial that said, What'd she say? Where's the beef? You know, where's the beef in the hamburger? Where's the power? We want a church that has supernatural power of Almighty God here. I was talking to my stepmother's great nephew. And by the way, thank you for praying for our family and the homegoing of my stepmother. She is with the Lord, she is set free, she is home free. We miss her. Something happened yesterday, and I picked up my phone to text her, and it's like, I can't do that anymore. I don't have a direct line to heaven anymore. But we, we, we miss her, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And her great nephew is a pastor, a youth pastor in Orlando, Florida. And he and I did the funeral together, and he said, Mike, you're a Baptist. He's not a Baptist. He said, you talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. As well as one of the three persons of the Trinity—the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—and I think what's happened in many Baptist churches is because of the excess of other churches, like going overboard and doing stuff in the name of the Lord that's just out there and whacked out. Baptists have backed up, but we miss the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Without the power, we'd have to be afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. We need to talk about the Holy Spirit because without the power. We're just wasting our time. Acts chapter 19 and verse number 1. If you're physically able and feel like it, would you stand and let's give honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. While Apollos was in Corinth, the city of Corinth, he wrote several letters to the church at Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them? No, they replied. We hadn't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. How sad. Like those colonists in West Virginia had no idea we were our own country now. These people had no idea there even was a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, The baptism of John. Pray with me, church. Father, all the glory belongs to you. Every light, every cup of coffee every toy in the nursery, all that you have done here is for your glory. You have done this, Lord. But I thank you for the faithfulness of these folks here. I thank you for the faithfulness of these pioneers, these early settlers to come in here and plant a new work in this East Hall community that you know, we know, God, you called us to do that. And we've had some sweet times of prayer where your Holy Spirit was so manifest to us. God, we remember walking over this property in prayer walking after being told we couldn't meet here. Lord, and we prayed the walls down, and you opened the door, and you made that possible. We give you all glory for that. Holy Spirit of God, show up today. Prove yourself strong and faithful in the lives of yielded believers. Lord, if there's somebody like the people here in Ephesus who've been baptized, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus whose lives have not been transformed by the gospel I pray today would be the day of their salvation and God we thank you for technology and for the world wide web that next week this will be on the internet that people anywhere around the whole world can hear your gospel proclaim God I pray that even as it goes out on the internet somebody will hear your gospel and respond and give their heart and their life to you speak Lord Your children are listening, and we want to hear from you today. It's in your name and for your glory we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. As we think about this subject, where is the power? Several things I want you to think about with me. Number one, write this down. God wants us to consider the sad plight. God wants us to consider the sad plight. It's sad to be religious and have no Holy Spirit power. It was sad that these people were followers of John and they heard about Messiah to come, but they didn't yet understand he died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again. And because of that... When they were baptized by John, they were repenting of their sins. But now we've got the full gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for our sins. And the Holy Spirit of God at the moment of my salvation came to reside in my heart. So it was a sad situation to be religious and not have the Holy Spirit. Ephesus was the capital of that time and the center of the leading business center of commerce of the Roman province of Asia, which is located in what we know today as Turkey. Paul ministered in that area for a little over 2 years and that's where he wrote the first letter to the church at Corinth letters to the church at Corinth. So when Paul met these fellow believers there, these disciples, it was obvious to him that they lacked the Holy Spirit. It was a sad plight. Have you ever been in a dead church? I don't know why, but God called me when I was an evangelist to preach in some dead churches. I don't think they knew who the Holy Spirit was. It was so dead and so quiet. I joke sometimes, it'll blessed my heart if somebody got up and made an announcement. Get up and go to the bathroom. Do something. Let me know you're alive. What a sad plight that churches exist and they call themselves a church and there's no Holy Spirit there. How sad is it that hundreds and hundreds of churches in the United States of America close their doors every year? That's sad. But I've had to say some of them, they ought to close their doors. It's a family or a deacon-run social club. They want to to have control. They don't want to give the Holy Spirit control. They want to have control. And is that really even a church at that point when you kick the Holy Spirit out? So I say some of those churches, they ought to have their doors closed. There are few things as boring as a church that's dead and don't know it. We're busy. Man, we're all busy, aren't we? Think of all the things that you have to do. And, you know, I was going back and forth to be with my stepmom, and I got my Nabisco job, and we got the church plant, and our house is torn up, and we're still living in that mess from the flooded house that we live in. We're busier than we've ever been. You're busier probably than you've ever been. Our college students, our high school students. When I was in school, it was fun to be in sports and the band. Now they own you. you You've got to do what they tell you to do. People are busy, 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 busy. Sometimes churches are busy doing stuff in the name of religion, but there's no Holy Spirit power there. The name Ichabod in Scripture, the name Ichabod means the glory has departed. The glory has departed, and the scripture says god's going to write Ichabod over the doors of some churches who have no Holy Spirit power. they want to have man controlled or a family or two controls the whole church that's what they want. The spirit has departed, and it's much like Samson in judges sixteen twenty many religious people are. The the glory had departed from Samson, and he didn't even have any idea that had happened. How sad that is. These people here in Acts 19 didn't understand the significance of the full gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for our sins. Now, today, at the moment of your salvation, at the moment of my salvation, which, by the way, next Sunday, launch Sunday, that's my salvation birthday. That's the day, February twenty-sixth, that I came to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. You say, that's why you planned it. Nope. Not why really he planned it at all. Pastor Matt suggested the date, and I said, That's my salvation birthday. That'd be a great date for me. So people received the Holy Spirit at the moment of our salvation. But in the first century church, there was no 66 books of Scripture. They didn't have the authorized, completed canon of Scripture. And God often used signs and wonders and miracles to authenticate the full gospel. And one of the ways that that happened is they received the Holy Spirit when Paul laid his hands on them and he prayed. You and I today don't need anybody to lay hands on us. Now, it's great to have people pray over us and lay their hands over us, but I don't have to go to you or anybody else to get the Holy Spirit. That happened at the moment of my salvation. In this case, God allowed it to happen later. You know, there's so many churches that may have all their doctrine right, and doctrine is important. It matters what you believe. We believe the Bible is the inerrant, infallible, inspired, authoritative word of God. That's just a bunch of big words. We believe this is God's book. This isn't man's book. God used normal, ordinary people who were moved by the Holy Spirit of God, Peter records, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to give us the word of God. But it's God's word. So when it comes to, to doing a church and planting a new church, And living this Christian life, the Old Testament prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6, that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. God uses people. God has used people to make this happen. We're talking about the church at Ephesus I just want to give a shout-out and a word of praise to Ephesus Baptist Church in Villarica, Georgia. I've never been there. I've never met the pastor there, but God uses people. Many of you know Dr. Gerald Harris is a dear friend and mentor to Pastor Matt and I. I had him preach for us when I was at Riverbend and when I was at Airline. He's just a great dear friend and mentor. That church is pastored by Dr. Harris's son-in-law. Dr. Harris has never been to Transformation Church yet. I hope he will one day. But Dr. Harris says to them, God's blessed our church. We've got this money for missions. God's planting a church in northeast Georgia. Never met the pastor. They've never been here. They knew we had a matching goal. Ephesus Baptist in Villa Rica, Georgia, sent us a check for $4,000 this week. Do we serve a big God or what? Amen. Why did they do that? Well, God used a man, a faithful man, Dr. Gerald Harris, But the Holy Spirit of God had to put it on the heart of that pastor and the leadership in that church to do that. And so God's work. I asked Pastor Matt to come and tell a story because I didn't experience this story. He did. And I can tell you, but I can't tell you like he did. This is just further evidence that the Holy Spirit of God is doing stuff that we're not smart enough to do and we can't make happen. As I look out among even the crowd today, the fact that God has sent people like Roger and Rosa and Jameson to help us People that 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 know how to speak Spanish and how to reach this culture, man, God is making that vision happen. And God did something else like that just this week. Do you need this microphone or no?
1: Probably. Okay, I'll just hold it. All or, right, um, I'll hold the back. For those find that, it <laughs> for those that may be listening online. Bear with me as I'm. Um, it will be fine. This is good. It's worth bearing um, with. So. All of you know from the very beginning that one of the things that God has put on Pastor in my heart is that there's a large portion of this community in East Hall that's been unreached. Uh, because if you look around, there's there's not a church in the area that I'm familiar with that speaks Spanish or is reaching the, commu- the Spanish community in the East Hall area. And we know there's a large portion of the people here uh, that speak Spanish. And a lot of them only speak Spanish. They don't speak any English. So... Pastor and I had it on our hearts that if we're going to come and going to plant a church here in East Hall, then we need to be able to reach those people. We had a dilemma. We don't speak Spanish. Uh, you speak poquito. Un um, poquito. I can read it. I can't, I'm learning, but I can read it, but I don't understand it. Um, so we've been praying that God would send us people, right? And, and God has sent us Jameson, and God sent us Rosa. and and Pastor Tapia and and uh, just I'm overwhelmed at what he's at the goodness of God. But um, Tabitha Brentson uh, and and Steve have been on me for a while because we've had that new beautiful trailer, right? Um, and y'all know how long we've had that trailer. Well, that trailer has not had a tag on it. Oops. <laughs> um, and they've been on me and on me telling me you need to go get a tag. You need to go get a tag. We need to get it. We don't want to get pulled over. Um, Tabitha, <laughs> Tabitha's been texting me. to. Rem- I was like, remind me to go get the tag. So she's been texting me. And finally, Friday, was, it was 4 o'clock and I looked and the tag office closed at 4.30 and I'm like, oh no. Um, so I hurried it up, ran out the door, ran to the tag office and um, when I got there, I got up there, paid, got to the window, paid for the tags that I needed for my truck and different cars and then um, went to buy the tag for the trailer and I didn't have paperwork that we needed showing that we're incorporated in the state of Georgia. So I had to call my wife and back away from the window and get her to send me a picture of the of the state paperwork. Well, when I backed away from the window, there's another gentleman behind me who was kind of over to the side, had to get some paperwork together as well, and he got up to the window. And and as he got up to the window, Jenny sent me the paperwork that I needed. I got over to the next window and heard her saying, So this is for your ministry. So I hand the lady my paperwork and start talking to him, I said, So you're getting a tag for your ministry. I said, that's the same thing I'm doing. And uh, he said, Yeah, we just moved back into the area. We have a ministry where we're missionaries. Um, we've been living you know out of out of the states for a while and start talking about that. And um, he said that he had to move they had to move back because his wife developed cancer and had to come back to the States so she could get cancer treatments. And as they were here with her getting cancer treatments, he developed throat cancer. So for the past two years, they've been undergoing cancer treatments, um, but praise the Lord, they're now both cancer free. That's that's a blessing. So I start asking and talking and um, ask where they were missionaries at. As it turns out, they were missionaries in Mexico.
0: And what do they speak in Mexico?
1: Spanish. (laughs) So he speaks Spanish. She is not as fluent as he is, but she speaks Spanish. Well, it gets crazier than that. So I start telling them about our church and our heart to reach those who speak Spanish in this community. And uh, their names are Phil and Jamie, Cavone, C-O-V-O-N-E. Well, she tells me, she said, where's your church at? And I said, it's in East Hall. And she said, where's that? I said, it's right outside of Gainesville. She said, Gainesville? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, we were there yesterday and we were driving through and saw so many Hispanic people that we prayed immediately in the truck that God would connect us with somebody in that area so we could go and minister in that area. (laughs) They prayed Thursday, Friday. I could have gone any other time. I could have gone any other day. And if I, hadn't, if I had had my paperwork, I'd have been in that window paid and left and never had this conversation. But God lined it up perfectly that I would meet these people. I told them, um, they said, we want to come visit your church. They said, but we can't this week because we're, we're going to be at a, another church this week. Um, I said, well, uh, you can come the following week. They said, we'll, we'll be there the following week. I told them all about it being launched Sunday. And they're super excited, but I showed them. A video of one of our services with me singing in Spanish and, and Phil pointed at, at the phone and he said, that's it. They want to be a part of what God's doing here. They'll be here next week for launch Sunday. And it's just an amazing thing. I called, I walked out of that door. I walked out the <laughs> door and I called pastor. I said, there's some things that you can text. There's some things you have to make a phone call for. This is one of those things. And you started crying on the phone. It's just, it's a God thing, y'all. God God has called us here, and he's told us over and over and over, if you go, I will provide. And look what he's done. Amen. Look what he's done. I mean, just even without these two, just look what he's done. with. We have Pastor Roger in the back doing translation right now so that people who are here in person and people who hear it online can hear it in Spanish in their native tongue. Isn't God good? Amen. 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 That's
0: what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. We're not smart enough to make that happen. We can't plan for that to happen. He should have already picked up that tag, right, Tabitha? And he should have had his paperwork with him. <laughs> God is an on-time God, and he allowed us not to be pulled over in the meantime. <clears throat> We're not advocating getting your tag late. We're not saying, not saying any of that. We're just saying this was a God thing. This was a God story that God is putting the team together to reach this community in a way that we cannot do. That's the difference in a church that's a social family-run social club or a deacon-run church or a Holy Spirit-run church. We welcome. We believe the Spirit of God wants to transform anybody and everybody. We believe church Sunday morning ought to be a picture of heaven. Heaven's going to have people from every tribe and every nation, and God is doing it. And I said early on to us, I think it was a Sunday that it was just just all Anglo. And I said, when we launch, if we look like we do today, we have failed. Because God called us to East Hall. And if God called us to East Hall, we must reach all the community. Well, number one, it was a sad plight without the Holy Spirit. Number two, God wants us to recognize the Spirit's provision. God wants us to recognize the provision of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 4 in Acts 19. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. We ought to turn from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. As soon as they heard this, now they get the full picture. They were baptized then in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. They began to speak in other languages. Some translations use the word languages, literally what they mean. And listen. Doesn't Pastor Matt for somebody who doesn't speak Spanish? Doesn't he do a phenomenal job when he sings in Spanish? Now, I don't know if he's saying it just right or not, y'all, but the acts it sounds like he knows exactly what he's doing, whether he does or not. But he, you know, why he does it because he works his behind off all week long, praying and studying and listening. He didn't just get up here and do that. The gift of tongues would be if I started speaking in Spanish right now. Fluent Spanish, not just what little bit I learned like Tomas el Desayuno. Did you have breakfast today? The few phrases I can remember. That's the, They started speaking in the gift of tongues and they prophesied. Listen, when he knew they lacked Holy Spirit power, Paul knew just what to do. What do you do? You preach Jesus. You tell them the full gospel. He knew just what to do. He was quick to instruct them in true salvation that, yes, it involves repentance. They got that we got to turn from our sins. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when you turn from our sin and we embrace the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus... That's when the transformation happens and the Holy Spirit of God comes into our life. So what do you have right here, this group of 12? You have another group of disciples into the fold under the new covenant tapping in to the provision of the Holy Spirit of God. So in verse 6 we said they started to talk in other languages they'd never learned just as happened on the day of Pentecost. Ephesians chapter 5 in verse number 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Anytime I come across a scripture with alcohol, I'm tempted to just preach a whole nother message right there because I was a victim of that. I was stupid. I gave in to the temptation of the devil, and it coulda, woulda, shoulda ruined my life. I told you the last time I preached, we mentioned Stetson Bennett and to pray for our Georgia quarterback who got in some trouble there. And the Holy Spirit of God said to my heart, that shoulda been you. You were never arrested, but you shoulda been. Scripture warns us against strong drink. This verse says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit when Paul laid hands and prayed over them. We received the Holy Spirit at the moment of our salvation. What does he mean, be filled with the Spirit? we got to go back to the original language. Y'all know that the Bible was not written in Spanish and the Bible was not written in English. We know this, right? It wasn't even written in 1611 King James English. The original language was Greek. And in the Greek language, that verb for be filled with the Spirit, is a, it's present, active, continuous. It means we got to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I received the Holy Spirit at the moment of my salvation, but I want to be filled up with the Holy Spirit of God. I want Him to have control of every corner. Of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. To be filled with the Spirit, that's a daily thing that we've got to choose to do. So God wants us to recognize the Spirit's provision. And then number three, God wants us to receive His supernatural power. It's one thing to know about the Holy Spirit, but we've got to receive it and personalize it. Look at ni- Acts 19, verse 8. Then Paul went to the synagogue, you know, always went to the synagogue because he had a commonality. At least the people in the synagogue acknowledged that they believed in a higher power. They believed in a holy God. So that's where he went to establish that commonality to point them to Jesus. He preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But here we go again. How many times do we read a phrase like this in the book of Acts? But some became stubborn. That might have been Jewish Baptists. I don't know. Some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way—the way of salvation—the way that was the first one of the first terms they used for followers of Jesus Christ. So Paul left the synagogue, shook the dust off his shoes, and moved on. He took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Listen, many of us here have experienced church hurt. Probably, probably all of us. If you've been saved very long and been in a church, we've been hurt. And so, and we've already, God's already proven to us over and over and over again why he called us to this community center why he didn't call us in a traditional white frame Baptist church with a steeple. God called us here, and we've already seen at least one instance of a young, of a young guy coming and bringing his little boy with him who didn't even know what the cross was, and Miss Jenny got to share the gospel. So we've kind of stepped aside from traditional religion, and I'm not putting down any church. I served in most all of my life in ministry was in a traditional church, but he left the synagogue to go to a lecture hall. God called us to leave a traditional church, to come to this community center and it says in verse 10 with Paul this went on for the next two years so that people throughout the province of Asia both Jews and Greeks heard the word of the Lord God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles they're authenticating the gospel we didn't have the whole Bible When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and evil spirits were expelled. So verse 10 said that they had to receive the Holy Spirit of God and then appropriate that supernatural power. And when they did, what happened? The Word of God spread rapidly. One translation indicates that everybody in the region had heard the gospel. something I mean, people are driving from all over the United States of America to go to Asbury and see what God is doing got revival You can't revive something that's never been revived. Revival is for believers. Revival is for believers to get right with God. But when believers get right with God and we begin to pray and we begin to beg God to do something here in this community center like he's doing at Asbury, revival is not limited by an address or a zip code or a college campus. Revival happens anywhere. The people of God surrender to the Spirit of God, repent of our sins, and ask God to do something. That's what they did, but then lost people start coming. Everybody heard the word of the Lord, and many of them came to know Christ. But as always, a hallmark of Paul's ministry is people didn't like him. Listen, if you'll just stay religious, and you just talk about God, and never talk about Jesus, and never talk about the Holy Spirit, don't try to share the gospel with anybody else. They'll leave you alone. But when you start talking about supernatural, holy God, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and there's no way to heaven but through Jesus People don't like that. When you start saying the Bible is the inerrant word of God, it means there's no mistakes in it. If God says something in this book, Mike's got to line up my behavior to jive with the word of God. And if I preach that, people don't like that. So people begin to attack Paul. And once again, as we've seen over and over, it's the theme of the book of Acts to spread the gospel. The religious people ran him off and the gospel spread. And people that would never come to the synagogue came to a lecture hall. We believe there's people in northeast Georgia that will never go to a church for whatever reason, but they'll come to a community center. There will be Sundays that I'm trusting and hoping and praying we can have church in here at 10.30 and maybe a ball tournament starting at 1.30 or 2 o'clock and they come in and they see what's happening and they hear singing in here in English and in Spanish and we dismiss and they encounter our friendly people and some of our ladies offer them a cup of coffee or a donut or whatever and we earn the opportunity to share the gospel with them. So, that opposition to the gospel drove him to a different location. God can use even wicked people who don't like you. God can even use wicked people who persecute you. So, God enabled Paul to accomplish these extraordinary things like healing the sick, casting out demons. We don't hear a lot about casting out demons these days. Do you believe there are still demons at work in, in the world today? Absolutely, 100%. Now, I know that there is a real thing called mental illness. I've had people in my family who've dealt with mental illness. I do believe that sometimes we slap a mental illness label on somebody and we dope them up. And by the way, dope, drugs, we're going to look at a few minutes later, the word sorcery in Scripture. Paul says you avoid all that witchcraft and sorcery. The word is pharmakia, where we get our word pharmacy. So many times they use illegal drugs to do that. I think some people that have some kind of psychological label put on them, I think some of them are just flat out demon possessed. My wife and I have encountered one in the last several years. I won't be specific because we're on the internet. I know I encountered a demon possessed girl one time in Germany. So if there's angels out there, they're demons. I don't live in fear of demons because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But Paul could cast out demons. He could do extraordinary things and Dr. Tony Evans, one of my favorite preachers alive today, Dr. Tony Evans said he was so filled with the Spirit of God that even his sweat was sanctified. And they used handkerchiefs that he had sweat on to touch and heal people. I don't think there's anything magical about that cloth. I think you guys were there at the Karen Peck concert uh, recently that we had here in Gainesville at... Not New Holland, but the church over near Kroger. So at the end, the pastor of the church asked for all any pastors there to come forward for prayer. So I'm a pastor. I came forward for prayer. And Karen Peck's mother, Jenna's cousin, sweet Miss Sue, was in the hospital at the time. And the prognosis at the time wasn't good. So the pa- I'm already down front, okay? And then the pastor says, We're going to pray over this handkerchief. Well, I started to get nervous at that point. I thought, Is he going to say there's, he was very clear, there's nothing magical about this cloth. We're just going to take this to Miss Sue and let her know that a bunch of preachers from across Georgia love her enough and love Karen Peck enough to pray over her and take that. But in the the early church, God used miracles, signs, and wonders. And we're not putting God in a box. God can still do that if he wants to. But God does not need my sanctified sweat because we got the Holy Spirit of God and the completed Word of God. And so then Look at number four. I've already alluded to this. God warns us next against satanic powers. God says receive the Holy Spirit, consider the sad plight, recognize the Spirit's provision, receive the supernatural power, but at the same time, God warns us against satanic powers. There were some itinerant exorcists. Itinerant just means they traveled. I was an itinerant evangelist. This is what I did. I traveled and I preached revivals in churches. These were itinerant exorcists. They just went around casting out demons. They didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah, but they didn't mind using his name for personal gain. They'd seen Paul do it. They've heard of the disciples doing it, so they tried to mimic that. You know the devil never has an original thought. The devil had not come up with anything original. He just takes what God's already done, and even the Word of God sometimes, and perverts that. It's nothing new. When there was just two people on planet Earth, Adam and Eve, the devil started that mess all the way back then. He said, Did God really say you can't eat from any of these trees? He immediately started twisting and perverting the word of God. That's what these people did. They wanted to use his name for their own benefit. But never forget, you write this down, Jesus will not be used for our selfish needs. Jesus wants us to bring him glory. So let's just get to the text. Acts 19, 13, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantations, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. They had to say whom Paul preaches because they didn't know him. They didn't have a relationship with him. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? The Bible says the demons of hell recognize his name. The demons of hell believe and tremble. They have fear and reverence of holy God. They said, we know him, but we don't know y'all. Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered these seven sons, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Don't be listening to these demon-possessed exorcists. Don't be listening to these people trying to mimic what God's done for personal gain. You only get the Holy Spirit when you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and receive His gospel and His Holy Spirit. And here's verse 18. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. We're going to look at it in our coming sermon series. Jesus changes everything. You don't, get, you don't meet Jesus and walk away the same way that you were. So these people who practice, practice sorcery and witchcraft, says they confess their sinful practices. A number of them who've been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books or their witchcraft books, and they burned them at a public bonfire. That's nothing new. The value of the books uh, would be valued in today's money at several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. I've already told you Satan has no original thoughts. He only perverts what God said. When the Holy Spirit takes control, we will take out the trash. Maybe you don't practice witchcraft, but it's something else for you. I don't have to clean up my life to get saved. Some people say, well, i got to get some things right before I get saved. No, you can't do that on your own. You first receive the gift of salvation. We don't have to clean the fish. We just catch the fish, and then the Holy Spirit does the cleaning. So when the Holy Spirit takes over, the trash has got to go out. And I'm afraid sometimes in America, the devil lulls us into accepting things and thinking it's just cute, it's just entertainment, it's not a big deal. And Satan opens the door for our young people especially to start believing in this mess. I'd encountered a, a young man on Facebook recently who started communicating with me and he said he, was, said he was Catholic. So I thought, okay, there's a commonality. He at least believes in God. And he messaged me the other day and I go to his Facebook and I see he's got the goat head and a pentagram on his page. And I said, I thought you said you were Catholic because Catholics don't believe in, those are satanic things. He said, well, I'm Catholic, but I'm studying all kind of religions. Can I just tell you I blocked him at that point? I thought, I'm not opening up my life. I'm not opening up myself to demonic activity. So I just blocked the guy at that point. We don't mess with that stuff. It's not cute. It's not entertaining. It's not funny. And probably the most hot water I've ever been in, I'm fixing to go there again, baby. The most hot water, I mean, I was on, CBS News in middle Georgia, the newspaper came after me. It was a big debacle, and maybe I shouldn't have done as much as I did. But all I said is, the Bible says witchcraft is of the devil. The Bible says Christians ought not to practice witchcraft. If our public schools do not allow religion in there, we shouldn't allow witchcraft in there. So that's when the Harry Potter books and movies were wildly popular. I said, that's a religion. They're allowing them. They said, we got so many kids to read books who didn't read. As my old preacher brother asked this, used to say, if I read my Bible right, God's very clear right here. You ought to burn those books. That's nothing to play with. It's a, it's a perversion of what God has done. It's not cute. It's not entertainment. And if you had time to go over to Galatians chapter 5, Paul lists sorcery and witchcraft as one of the many sinful practices that mark the lives of unbelievers. But When we give our life to Jesus, we take out the trash. For you, like I said, it may not be sorcery. It may not be witchcraft, but it may be something else. Sorcery is so evil because it's an attempt to bypass the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And the only person who's going to get glory in that is the devil. God has zero tolerance for sorcery. If you want a good explanation of what the Bible says about sorcery, write this down. GotQuestions.org. That's a great website from a conservative, theologically conservative standpoint. GotQuestions.org. Any question you have about the Bible, they have a great discussion on there of sorcery. So rather than me spend more time on it, you go there and look at that. But these new believers, once the Holy Spirit took control, they didn't want to be associated with that mess anymore. So they got their lives right. They got their hearts right. And then the scripture says then the word of God started to prevail. The word of God started to spread. We were At the pastor's conference that my wife and I were at last weekend, somebody asked, I forgot what the question was, who's some modern-day heroes or somebody you really look up to. I've forgotten exactly the way the question was worded because I came in a little bit late and missed it. And somebody said, Ronald Reagan. Well, that got my attention because Ronald Reagan is one of my earthly heroes. And then somebody else said, Nancy Reagan. And we said, hmm, I admire President Reagan. Nancy Reagan appeared to be a classy lady, but you know what she did every day, right? Nancy Reagan read the horoscope every day. That's witchcraft. Why do I need to look to the stars when I can look to the very one who made those stars? God created those stars. I don't need to. Nancy Reagan was slapped wrong in that mess looking at horoscopes. We got to run from horoscopes and witchcraft and anything having to do with witchcraft and Ouija boards and palm reading and all that stuff. That is satanic powers. And even these people had not been discipled yet. They just received the Holy Spirit. And you know one reason I know the devil doesn't like it? You just bring up this stuff to people who are into all that. Somebody who's into those movies and in those you, they they just want to come after you. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy When you react that way, that's not the Holy Spirit. So we've got to rid our lives of junk, superstitious practice. So the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God in the lives of believers, that undermines idolatry. Whatever the idol is, you've got to get rid of it. What do we need to rid our lives of? we're talking about this church being different, this church being characterized by the transforming supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God. For our church to be that way, I got to be that way. You got to be that way. You got We've all got to say, God, what is it in my life? And Alex gave me a preview of his message to our next gen students this Wednesday night. He's going to talk about some of the same things and how our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and what do we need to rid ourselves of. If we're going to have the supernatural power, listen, I'm convinced next Sunday is going to be an awesome day. It's going to be an exciting day. We're going to have more people than we've ever had. We'll have some first-time people. The worship's going to be great. Two two young people that I love dearly that can sing the stars down, that they'll be here to sing next week. But I want more than that. I want a touch from holy God. I want King Jesus to show up. I want to see people saved next week for that to not just next week, but for Until the Lord comes back. And then lost people, they can do what they want to do once the Lord comes back because I'm going to be out of here. For that to happen, i got to live a holy life in a hostile culture. You all have got to live holy lives in a hostile culture. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Do you want to be the leaven that keeps Transformation Church from being the effective ministry that God wants us to be? I fear standing before a holy God with that junk in my life. Something that I didn't get rid of the trash. Not witchcraft for me, but maybe it's something else for me. Something else for you. That's the only way for the power of God to be evident in our life. If I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which is a present active continuous, I've got to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. That means i got to get the other junk out. Because if there's other junk in my life, and I try to add the Holy Spirit to it, I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm mixing the Holy Spirit with other junk. Let's ask the Holy Spirit of God to rid us of the junk so that His Spirit flows freely through us without any hindrance. So is there evidence in your life of the Holy Spirit? If somebody meets you, is it obvious there's something different about you? We went down to Cracker Barrel uh, the other night. I think we both worked and it was a long day. And I said, let's just, and we had to pick up something at Home Depot. So we went to Cracker Barrel, one of the only restaurants in the big old city of Gainesville that we don't have. So we went down to Flowery Branch. We had the sweetest little bubbly waitress. I mean, she was just overboard. And I hope she didn't get in trouble, spend a lot of time talking to us. And I just, I didn't say it. I didn't ask. I waited for her. And she said, I keep the babies at my church. And so we talked about church, and I told her I'd been a student pastor. I'm a church planter. She asked for the card. She wants to come visit. Later on, she came back. I said, I told my wife, I knew you were a Christian before you ever told me. We ought to live our lives so filled up with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And when you, in con, when you encounter somebody for the first time and the Holy Spirit lives in you, the Holy Spirit will identify you with that person. If you've ever traveled internationally, I know Brother Jerry was a travel agent. You've traveled all over the world. You can be in another country where you don't speak Russian or Spanish or whatever, but you can encounter another believer and the Holy Spirit just puts your hearts together as one. There is no language barrier among believers. You can, you can tell that. Is the Holy Spirit evident in your life? And if you say yes, praise God for that. If you say no, what needs to change for that to happen? And then number two, and I'll be done. Remember, a lost world, will be attracted to a church full of people walking in the fullness of his power. You set a church on fire for Jesus, lost people will come and see what's burning. That's what's happening in Asbury. It's it's the church is being revived. Lost people out of just curiosity are coming to see what's happening. We want to be so on fire for Jesus in this East Hall Community Center that people that I've not met and you've not met, but they saw us on the internet or heard about us, and somebody, they'll come and see what's happening. They'll hear the word of the Lord. I know, listen, This is the most loving, welcoming church anywhere. I know you'll love them. I know we'll welcome them. I know they'll feel right at home. But more than that, I want them to know that they have an encounter with a holy God and we'll get to spend all of eternity in heaven with them. That's what Jameson reminded us about earlier. That's why we're here, to reach the lost. Let's let the Holy Spirit flow freely so it will be undeniable that what we have is something they want to have too. Pray with me, church.